Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back after a two-week vacation from the Prosper Project. So it's so wonderful to be able to take time off and really relax and be present to family and friends. And of course, for every business owner, I think the one thing that we can agree on is that we'd like more time. But how do we get there? How do we remove some of the tasks that keep us busy, but don't necessarily move our business forward? Well, today to address that and other questions is my guest, Stacy Hoschild. Stacy is a director of operations and a ClickUp consultant, and she's going to tell us what that means. She helps feminist entrepreneurs smash the patriarchy via strategic planning, business management, and team leadership so that CEOs can create positive change in the world, claim a big slice of the profit pie, and take real business-free vacations like the one I just had. When Stacy's not on the line, you'll find her hiking in the mountains with her rescue dogs, watering her collection of tropical plants, or Netflix and chilling with her cat. Since the start of the pandemic, Stacy has refused to put on pants unless absolutely necessary, and she's made caftans her new best friend. Welcome, Stacy. It's great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so tell us where you are right now. I think it's so interesting that you've created this whole life about being and doing what you want to do. And I think it's a good way to kind of approach the topic that we're going to be talking about today. I am American, originally from Kansas, but I call Oaxaca, Mexico home. I came here seven years ago for a three-month holiday and stayed which sounds kind of crazy to a lot of people, but before Oaxaca, I had also lived in Europe, Africa, and Asia. So for me, it wasn't that big of a leap to stay here in Oaxaca, but I have never lived in any place longer outside of the United States than here. So this is my home. That's amazing. So where did this wanderlust come from? Your, you know, your interest and ability to not only visit other places, but to live there. I was a strange kid. I I remember wanting dolls of every color when I was a kid. And I remember seeing an ad for the Peace Corps in junior high school and learning where Ethiopia was. And in high school, the girls in my class were passing around this top 10 list of the cutest boys. 
And I had no idea who these boys were. Like I was talking to my teachers about current events and wars and other things that, I mean, that was a long time ago. I don't remember what those hot topics were in the moment, but it sure not, it surely wasn't the cutest boys in school for me. And that's just who I was and who I continue to be. I love that. That's really cool. So did you go into the Peace Corps? How did you start that kind of journey of being a world resident, right? I did. I went to the Peace Corps. I also backpacked around Europe before there was the internet. So that does age me, but I think that can make people who maybe listen to this podcast think, whoa, like I bought a guidebook and I used this thing called the telephone (laughs) and I purchased plane tickets and train tickets and I was 21 and I didn't know what I didn't know. And I flew to London with my sister and a friend and we slept in circus tents and castles and, you know, saw a bunch of Europe. And then I ended up right out of college going to the Peace Corps. And I was stationed in Cabo Verde or Cape Verde, which is an island nation off the coast of West Africa. Yeah, that's amazing. So bringing us to kind of present time, how did you end up helping women entrepreneurs with their operations and becoming a ClickUp consultant. How did that kind of magical journey in your life occur? It's funny to hear you say that because when that's reflected back to me, I'm like, yeah, that's not what I wrote, you know, in my goals in second grade, right? <laughs> I wanted to be a teacher. Me and, too. Was a te- <laughs> and I was a teacher, but as I moved up the ranks in education, I absolutely loved the operational aspect of education. So my last in-person role, if you will, before I started my online business was working as a director of studies for a school. And so, you know, I moved from being a teacher to being a teacher trainer, to being a curriculum developer, to running the school, which is basically what I do now as a director of operations. I am the second in charge or the second tier, if you will. And so the CEO can be the salesperson, the client success person, and the visibility person, the face of their business, right? And I would have never, ever thought that I developed operational skills, but I think like many of us, we probably had those skills. I was a bossy older sister from the beginning, you know? So it's like, I think I've always had those operational skills, but didn't realize it. So when I came to Mexico, I had two choices. I could work as an English teacher for $3.50 an hour while still paying off my $500 a month student loans, or I could figure out something else to do. And that is when I got into online business. I started out as a virtual assistant, like most of us do in the operations space, worked my way up to being an online business manager. When I was the online business manager for a now past client, I learned about ClickUp and she was, I would say in quotes, quote unquote, using 
this project management tool. And I was like, there has to be a better way. So I taught myself how to use ClickUp, not just for myself, but more for her. And then ClickUp came out with a vetted ClickUp consultant program. And I applied, passed the test, and joined that community. And for people that don't know, ClickUp is a project management tool. It's in the same genre as Trello, Asana, Basecamp, but of course it has its own features that set it apart from its competitors. So obviously we're here to talk about you and how you help people, but I'd love to know your insight on why you prefer ClickUp over its competitors. What I really like about ClickUp that ClickUp started doing before some competitors do now is the ability to view information in different ways. So previously, Asana was very list format, so top to bottom. And list format, top to bottom, seeing tasks like that. Trello was left to right. And ClickUp allows you to view your tasks in a calendar view, a list view, a board view, a Gantt chart. And that really spoke to me because as a former teacher, I understand that people process information differently. And if somebody makes me look at information in a board view like Trello, I get really frustrated because my brain can't process it. Mm -hmm. I'm a list person. So I can set up the exact same information for myself, but do it differently for a team member. Same deadlines, same collaboration, same information, but it supports each other's unique individual learning styles. So that's what started me. But now, you know, there's just ClickUp is growing and there's, it's a more robust platform that includes automations, emailing, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Like one of my favorites is Docs. Instead of using Google Docs, I now am 100% into ClickUp Docs. And so it's nice to really bring everything under one roof. Right. That's great. So everybody wants to save time, right? And operations is a great way to be able to save time. So I'm thinking off the top of my head, having SOPs, which for people that don't know, those are standard operating procedures. So part of what I have done is just like Stacy referenced. So you have the CEO, which is the visionary, but also the person that needs to be driving business growth and overseeing the existing business. Then you have your operations person, which is really the integrator of the business. So taking the things that the CEO wants to do or is doing and actually like doing a download and creating processes for that so that other people can do those things because you can only be all the roles for a very brief period of time or your business will stagnate. So tell listeners a little bit about, in addition to SOPs and using a comprehensive tool, what are some of the other ways that you work with people to help them kind of save time and to be able to focus better on the things that they really need to be focused on, right? Like the CEO role or the founder role versus the everything role. For me, the foundation of everything that we do is based in strategic planning. 
strategic planning for me and my clients is a way to, like you said, download everything, but at the same time, create clarity, direction, and a plan. I was just on a call with a client earlier and she said, I'm struggling with time management. And I said, we're going to change that when we get to this next part of your strategic planning process, because we are going to prioritize what it is in your business that you need to do in order to accomplish two things. One, what are your revenue goals for the next 12 months? And what is your vision for your business and your life? Because your business supports your lifestyle. I am a big believer in flexibility. And have I worked 16-hour days? I'd be lying if I hadn't. Is that the goal? Absolutely not, right? So when we look at what your revenue goals are and what your vision is, we put projects and a plan into place that helps you get there in a way that is strategic. And I think that I'm no time management expert and I do not pretend to be. And sometimes I could use my own time management, you know, help. But when we know what we need to prioritize, it almost like managing our time becomes easier because those things that are sitting on our shoulders that we think we should be doing actually get put into the backseat. And it's not that they're not important. It's just that we can't do everything at once. And some things just have to naturally take a backseat, no matter how big your team is. Yeah, for sure. I love that so much. It's not that things aren't important, but it's kind of like you're cooking, right? And so you have five or six burners on your stove and you can only be managing, you know, so many at a time. So you need someone else to be able to either take over those pots or you need to just let them simmer until you can get back to them. And, you know, when you say, I can't time management myself. I think it's always so interesting that just because we're experts at doing something for other people doesn't mean that we're good at doing it for ourselves. And I think that's another really good lesson for entrepreneurs listening. It doesn't matter what field you're in. Don't think to yourself, well, I'm a copywriter. This is what I do for other people. Why am I stuck doing it for me? Well, it's because you can't read the label when you're sitting in the box. You're sitting in your own box. You know, you don't have that outside perspective. So, you know, you may do a draft and you may find another copywriter or a friend who can give you, you know, feedback on what you've done. And I've just found that to be so valuable through my career and having that outside perspective. So, I really appreciate you acknowledging that. But I do think, you know, starting with strategic planning, and then I'm assuming the next step is to put the system in place, the priorities and the support system to be able to kind of execute the things that are most important. Is that correct? Is that kind of how you go from there? Sure. But if I may, let me back up a bit. And phase one is what I like to call building the unbreakable foundation. And these are your mission, your vision, your values. And if you work with me, a non-optional diversity, inclusion, and equity statement. And those values and what's important to you help me to understand what projects 
you may not realize your business needs to be doing. And so we look at mission, vision, values. We look at your revenue goals. And then we look at your strategic objectives. Your strategic objectives are what I like to call the pillars that sit on the unbreakable foundation. And we look at each pillar. For example, one may be money and finance. And this is where the downloading, what inside of money and finance are all the projects we need to do? We don't need to think about executing them. We don't need to think about if they're important or not. But a lot of people have ideas on a napkin, on a sticky note, in a planner, on their computer, on their phone, right? And it is. And so it's like, okay, let's bring everything that you've ever thought about in terms of your money and finance, wanting to hire a CFO, wanting to donate part of your revenue to a charity, hiring a bookkeeper, whatever it is, dump them in there. We go through all of the objectives. Then we rank them and we say, which objective is the most important? And people hate this part because everything seems important in your business. And so what it is, it's about, it's like, I feel like sometimes when I say this, I'm like contradicting myself, but it's like, what objective is the most important that we're going to spend the most time on during this period? It doesn't mean that you're going, if we say that redesigning your service suite is the most important, it doesn't mean we're going to forget your marketing. It doesn't mean we're going to forget your operations. It means that in the month of August, the majority of your time is going to be focused on your service and sales and redoing your offer suite. Secondary is going to be your visibility activities and third are going to be your operations. And guess what? All those great things you want to do for your client experience, like start you know, sending gifts, we don't have the foundations for that and the systems in place to do that. So let's move that down the track a little bit. Right. And so then that brings us to the projects, what quarter we're going to do them in, what month we're going to do them in, and in that month, what we're spending the most time doing, and depending on your team size, who's doing it or who's right. leading it. Yeah, that's so, so important. I think that's really great. It's called, uh, that old rocks analogy, right? Like, what are you putting in first? What's the priority? Then what we, can we do next? And understanding that this month's priority doesn't necessarily need to be next month's priority. In fact, if you get your systems in place, you redo your suite and you have that and you have a visibility plan, then, you know, it's not that you never revisit those things, but it's done for now and it enables you to move on and focus on the next thing. So what I'd love for you to talk about is Who are the types of women that you work with if there is kind of a persona that you can share and what kind of results do you get for them? Tell us a little bit more about the transformations that your clients have seen in their business. My ideal client is a feminist entrepreneur and we could do a whole show on what it means to be a feminist entrepreneur and we won't, but for (laughs) me and my clients, Feminist entrepreneurs are people who are bringing their feminist values into business and wanting their business to support the causes that they believe in 
It's not just about profit. It's about people and using our business for good, not extracting resources, not abusing other people in order to get ahead. And so though one example is a photographer client of mine stopped photoshopping during the pandemic. She still photoshops her own lighting. She doesn't like it. You know, she wants to improve it, but she said, guess what? I'm not going to Photoshop wrinkles out anymore. I'm not going to Photoshop cellulite out anymore because that is continuing to perpetuate the unrealistic image of girls and women on Instagram. So for me, that is incredibly empowering. Those are the types of people that I want to be helping. In terms of the results that people get from working with me, I've had people cry tears of joy during the initial phase of just putting their vision down on paper and saying, oh my gosh, like this is what I want to be working towards. Taking a step back from the day-to-day grind and realizing, oh, there's a reason I'm doing this and almost hitting that reset button. I just finished up with a client today and she says, huh, makes sense that I could probably only do three projects over the next six weeks, given everything else that I have going on. Maybe I shouldn't be beating myself up so much. Okay, that's a win right there. Once we got to that final point and we took everything from quarter into month, she was like, I can do all these things. And I was like, no, you can't. Your strategic plan isn't your business. You already have a business. The strategic plan is adding in all those projects that you want to do. So helping people realize that they need to slow down in order to speed up. There's no value in a bunch of unfinished projects and that never see fruition unless you need to pivot for some reason. That was perfectly right. fine. But having bringing projects to fruition is incredibly important. If I am on one of my favorite things that I love providing to my clients, whether, and this is if I'm part of a client's business on a retainer basis, managing their, like be in the integrator role is the first time my clients take real business revacations. A lot of them are really nervous. I mean, I come into teams and CEOs are afraid to give up their access to their email accounts. Because they've been doing everything for so long. You know, what if this client care person we trained answers an email wrong? So to go from that to, hey, my husband surprised me with a 50th birthday trip to Disney, which is a true story. And I was like, great, go. And she went. And it was the first time she had had a business through vacation ever. She has two businesses, but in the online business, probably four or five years. And that to me is incredibly rewarding because it shows me that I'm doing my job in supporting the business and managing the team members and practicing what I preach, which is taking a vacation and that a business that support your lifestyle. We're not, you know, in the business to work, 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 work. Right. I love that so much. So your clients really 
I guess, ascend to a better quality of life? A hundred percent. I mean, that is for me, the beauty of being a boring operator. You know, nobody looks at being an operator as a sexy job, (laughs) but for me, it is nothing makes me happier than taking tasks off of clients' plates. Yeah. They'll say, oh, I can do that. And I'm like, no, you will not. We have a team. Yeah. And just because you like, can doesn't mean you should. Like, that's another thing. That's right. A hundred percent. So you help everyone else create better lives and to do well. And you know, the name of this podcast is The Prosper Project. So what does it mean for you to prosper in life and in business? I thought about this because, you know, full transparency, I knew you were going to ask me this question. And I thought, you know, sometimes I think it means different things on different dates. Okay. You know, the success to me could look different one day than another. And I guess maybe when it comes down to it, prosperity, what I'm after is the flexibility. And that is probably the heart of the matter. Because if I want to take my dogs on a long walk tomorrow, because I don't have any calls or anything to do, that's great. I can. I have the flexibility to do that. If that means that I want to have a full day working on Saturday because I feel motivated, great. I can do that. And so I think for me, when it comes down to it, it is that idea of flexibility and creating my days in a way that works for me. I love that so, so much. Stacy. I'm so glad that you were here with me today. I want to let people know where they can find you. Obviously, we will have all the links in the notes section of this podcast, but can you tell people who are listening and just spontaneously want to jump over to wherever you are and where they can find you? You can learn more about strategic planning or my how I can help as a director of operations at stacyhoschild.com or connect with me on LinkedIn at Stacy Hoschild. And that's your only social platform, correct? You're just on LinkedIn right now? It is. But if you look at my strategic plan. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. That was not critical. I'm in, I'm in. No, oh, it's not. People that can be like, I'm just on LinkedIn. I, I just. No. Great. It's, this is like, you know, real life right here. So yeah, I'm a true operator. I love working behind the scenes, you know, because I have that click up affiliation. It does a lot of the outreach and client connection for me. Right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so I've just had LinkedIn and just kind of been like toddling along. And I met with my marketing coordinator last week and we mapped out what other platform I'm going to reach, you know, I'm going to start on. She is dead set on getting me on TikTok. She swears I don't have to dance. But this is an example of strategic planning and action. Like right now I have this, Yes, but we gotta, we have to move forward, right? And I'm going to be on another platform. I'm just not hundred percent sure which when it's going to be yet. Okay. That's good. Well, you know, we'll stay in suspense. And when you make your <laughs> debut, we'll add it to the show notes. I do want to add for our listeners that Stacy is S-T-A-C-I and Hoschild is H-A-U-S-C-H-I-L-D. And so it's 
S-T-A-C-I-H-A-U-S-C-H-I-L-D.com is Stacy's website. It is gorgeous. I about fell out of my chair when I saw it. It's just so well done and gives you such a sense of Stacy's personality and her offerings and what's important to her. So she really walks the walk. Stacy, thank you so much for being my guest on the Prosper Project today. Really loved speaking with you. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone have a wonderful week and we'll see you back here next week with another episode of the Prosper Project. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.